0: Uh, hi, hello, and welcome. This is the Davenet series about uh, prominent Canadian Muslims, and today we have with us uh, Ikra Khalid. She is the uh, uh, she is an MP for Mississauga Erin Mills. Uh, hi, Ikra. How are you? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Salman. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited for this uh, interview and learning more about you and your background. Uh, can you start by talking about your professional and personal background?
1: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I was born in Pakistan uh, in the province of Punjab um, in 1985. Uh, grew up. Uh, well, spent my first number of years there, and then I went to move to England with my father and my three brothers and my mom, uh, where my dad was doing his PhD. Um, that was in 1992. And then we moved to Canada in 1998, August 1998. Uh, and um, when uh, here in Canada, I uh, attended East York Collegiate as a high school. And, uh, and then I went on to York University to study professional writing and criminology. I double majored uh, with an honors uh, in those two uh, fields, um, then I worked for a number of years uh, before deciding to go to law school. I graduated law school in um, June of 2012, I think, uh, September 2012, and uh, and then I was called to the bar of Ontario in June of 2015 after passing my uh, my bar exams and then completing my articles, et cetera. I worked uh, in the legal department for the city of Mississauga for a number of years, Uh, and then I I ran federally uh, in 2015 for the federal election under the Liberal Party banner, uh, and was elected in October of 2015. Um, Since then, I currently hold the the positions of uh, being a member of parliament here in Mississauga, Erin Mills, but also I... I chair the Standing Committee of Justice and Human Rights in Parliament. Uh, I'm also the chair of, uh, of the Liberal Women's Caucus as well as the All-Party Women's Caucus. I also serve on the National Executive of, uh, of the Prime Minister's Caucus as well. Um, and uh, in, I think that's kind of a, a very brief overview of, uh, of my professional and personal background.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good uh, background that you've provided. So it's interesting. Um, As I mentioned, I listened to your another interview that you did before. And you mentioned that you had an interest in being an investigative journalist.
1: (laughs) That was was my childhood dream. Yes, I (laughs) wanted to win a Pulitzer Award uh for for being a uh a world-renowned journalist i wanted to see the world i wanted to write about uh about the ways the world works and uh and yeah i i think in, in many ways i i still still do achieve those objectives
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting like previously the idea was like you would expose Politicians who are not doing things right, but now you are uh, among them yourself and you're serving the community. So that's uh, interesting. Um, so, the second question I have is you know, I still don't fully understand uh, what MPs do and what, ser- what purpose they serve. So, perhaps you can tell us about the services your office provides.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think as a member of parliament, I wear a number of different hats. Um, the first hat here in our constituency is to provide to our constituents the services they need when they have issues with uh, with government, uh, with respect to individual federal matters such as immigration, or taxes, or passports, or um, or your retirement, or student loans, etc. Um, if they have individual issues, uh, I provide support to them with their individual cases. In fact. I think over the past five years we've been able to assist about 8,000 uh, constituents on their individual matters. I also uh, listened to a lot of feedback from our community with respect to how our country should be run. Um, this has been by way of town halls. I think I've, I've held over 300 of them. Uh, town halls, roundtables, uh, stakeholder meetings uh, in the past five years. Um, and I, I take that feedback and and I use it to decide which way to vote on any particular issue, um, which um, what the feedback is of the community on the various bills on the various laws that we are making as as legislators. Mm-hmm. Um, and here in the constituency, I also do a lot of uh, community events. I, I reach out proactively. I, I Take part in a lot of the the happiness and the, the sadness of the community, the challenges and and the celebrations um, locally uh, here in Erin Mills. Um, the second hat I wear is uh, is that of a legislator, uh, and that is uh, you know uh, as members of Parliament, what we what we our role is in Ottawa. Uh, it is to take the feedback of of Canadians and use that feedback to debate and to build upon uh the governance structures of our country Um, that is in the form of of laws in the form of regulations in the form of policies for example the multiculturalism policy is one um, the the criminal code uh, is is another uh, as to how we uh, govern ourselves through the through the criminal code um, the uh, you know public safety national security all of these are matters that uh, that we debate and we shape into laws and and how we govern ourselves so those are the two main hats that I wear obviously when i 'm in Ottawa, I have specific uh, files or responsibilities. Um, that, I, that I take on, as I mentioned earlier, uh, being the chair of, uh, of the Justice uh, Committee uh, that puts me directly in charge uh, of, the, the, of the committee that, um, that reviews uh, laws related to our criminal code, to our constitution uh, and, and to, to, to those matters and then access to justice. Um, within Canada locally. I also sit on the International Human Rights Subcommittee, which allows me to raise issues that matter to our constituents. Um, such as in 2016, I brought forward a motion to, um, uh, to for, for our subcommittee to study the issue of the Rohingya and the, the genocide that happens uh, there in, in Myanmar. Uh, and uh, and how we as as Canada could play a role. We provided recommendations to our government. I've raised a number of other issues that our constituents bring up, uh, like uh, the siege in uh, in Aleppo when it happened. Um, we we were able to bring in the white helmets and to hear firsthand uh, the the plight of refugees in Syria. Uh, we've heard uh, testimony on Yemen uh, on. Burundi and Rwanda, etc. So these are all issues that our constituents raise for us uh, and that's what we go and we, we advocate for um, when I'm in Ottawa. Uh, those are the two main hats that I wear. I do like a third hat that I do put on sometimes. Being of a, a youngish age, I, uh, I do like to spend some time mentoring the youth in our community, uh, mentoring uh, those voices that that generally may or may not be heard so i' I have uh, created a youth council uh, here in our writing uh, the mississauga air Mills youth council i've also created a mississauga air Mills women council and these are dynamic uh, individuals that uh, that engage in in this platform use this platform to to raise their concerns to to give their feedback on designing policy to to just sit back and and to maybe even see that, uh, you know, that there are opportunities out there for them as well. So those are the three main really things that I do as a Member of Parliament. Now, there's no guidebook or handbook or manual that says, you know, this is uh, what a Member of Parliament uh, is supposed to do. Uh, I think each member of parliament really takes on the responsibilities that they're really passionate about, um, or or that is uh, tailored to their own communities all across Canada. But these these are my three hats that
0: I wear. Mm, I guess yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It helps us understand more about uh, what uh, MPs do to serve the community, and uh, and for people, it would be helpful to know. Um, can you talk about any specific initiatives or? Projects that you pursued or initiated, I think you mentioned one um, which is uh, about the Rohingya. Yeah. You mentioned. Uh, can you share some more examples?
1: Absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, I had uh, put forward that motion to study the uh, the plight of the Rohingya in uh, in Myanmar. Um, I have done. I've sponsored a number of uh, petitions as well. Uh, one was. Uh, to call for a ceasefire um, and to create a, a, a no-fly zone over Aleppo when the siege was was happening in Syria. Um, the second, uh, I was able to sponsor a, and work with uh, the senior community here in Mississauga and across Canada uh, to, to successfully advocate our government to create a minister for seniors because seniors' issues uh, – are, are rising um, that that we do need to be there for our seniors when when they've spent spent so much time their whole lives building the uh, on on the successes that we we take the fruits of. Um, we were successful. We we garnered uh, I believe it was close to nine ten thousand signatures and uh, and we were able to get a minister of seniors appointed. Um, I also have been working quite actively on um, on combating human trafficking uh, in Canada. Uh, now human trafficking is on the rise. In fact, Peel region is one of the biggest hubs of human trafficking in our country. Um, and so I had tabled a motion in uh, in my justice committee to study the issue of human trafficking across the country. Uh, and I had then taken my my whole committee uh, across the country. We started in Halifax, we went to Montreal, then Toronto, then Edmonton, then Vancouver, uh, and we met with uh, with uh, victims and survivors of human trafficking. We went we met with um, law enforcement, uh, we met with service providers, uh, social workers, advocates across the country, and uh, and were able to put forward some recommendations for our government. Um, and the result of that has been a national strategy, uh, an action force uh, around uh, human trafficking. Uh, we also created a national hotline uh, that allows uh, victims and survivors or uh, those that suspect um, uh, you know, human trafficking to be occurring to be able to call in to, to report it and to, to get the resources that they need. Um, I, I'll continue to, to work on that file. It's, uh, it's one that uh, impacts our community here in Mississauga quite heavily. Um, I've also been um, a, a strong uh, advocate with respect to uh, ensuring that uh, childcare uh, is uh, is is invested in, uh, not just uh, at the provincial level, but to create a national childcare plan. Um, because I feel that uh, without adequate childcare, especially in a, a post-COVID situation, parents have a difficult time going back to work or contributing meaningfully to the economy. Uh, and uh, children, uh, in the meantime, you know, early childhood centers, especially after after school programs, are very helpful um, in terms of developing uh, children as well uh, into meaningful uh, community members and uh, and strong individuals. Um, I also, I'm not sure if you recall, there was um, a public safety report that had been uh, conducted that listed out specific. Uh, forms of terrorism, uh, and it specifically named the Sikh community and it named the Muslim community uh, as, as forms of extremism, uh, and we were able to, I along with other members of parliament, uh, able to advocate to have have more of a, a an equity lens provided to that report, uh, and to have these discriminating uh, words uh, removed from that report so that they were more inclusive and not targeting any one specific community um we've uh, also obviously continued to, to ensure that uh, racism which is a top of mind for a lot of people now um, is eradicated and in 2017 i had tabled a motion in the house of commons uh, for our government to develop a, a whole of government strategy to combat anti-racism uh well to combat racism uh it said systemic systemic racism and religious discrimination um that motion did pass through the house and um, <clears throat> And we received $23 million um, for vulnerable communities to be able to use to build capacity for their organizations to provide support to for, for other organizations uh, to, to take that money and to be able to give their organizations um, uh, skills training, uh, sensitivity training, etc. Uh, through the Justice Committee, I've been working on uh, issues of access to justice, ensuring that uh, that everybody has equal access to justice, um, uh, that uh, that our court systems uh, are not uh, overly. Um, penalizing one person over another just because of lack of access. I've been working on a lot of uh, women empowerment uh, issues, uh, economic empowerment as well as uh, combating gender-based violence. and we we work quite closely with uh, organizations here locally in Mississauga to to ensure that there's equality of opportunity um, the list goes on I can talk for two hours uh, because I'm so passionate about this work but I think I'll, I'll stop here and let you get to your next question <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah one um, thing um, definitely there's a lot of initiatives and a lot of work um, that you have done uh, one specific thing that I wanted to uh, ask you about and I heard this. Uh, I think it was mentioned in one of your previous interviews. Is uh, motion M one hundred and three? This was uh, regarding uh, Islamophobia. So um, can you tell us more about that? Uh, what was the idea, and uh, what's happening with that right now?
1: Absolutely. So um, I did touch on it in my little list uh, just previously. But uh, motion one hundred and three um, was my private member's motion. Um, And I had been thinking, uh, before I had tabled that motion in the House of Commons, I had been thinking about uh, an e-petition that had been circulating across Canada. This was e-petition 411. Um, that uh, asked our government to take strong action against Islamophobia as it was happening in our country. Um, Hate crimes against the Muslim community uh, have doubled, uh, if not tripled, over the past number of years and and continue to rise. Um, But I I placed it in in the context that uh, it was not just the Muslim community, but in fact, a lot of racialized communities that are facing racism, uh, systemic racism and religious discrimination within Canada. So the motion asked our government to develop a a whole of government approach to to combat um, and to develop strategies around combating uh, racism and and discrimination in our country. Uh, That motion passed in the House uh, in 2017, um, March of 2017. And the study that uh, that the motion asked for was conducted. It uh, put forward 30 recommendations for our government. uh, And then based on simultaneously as the study was being conducted, Uh, Based on what was found through the whole uh, debate of Motion 103, our Liberal government and our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, set aside $23 million uh, over two years for communities that needed that support uh, to collect data, to build capacity, to train their volunteers, um, and to to combat racism at the grassroots level. So the the closure of applications actually just happened in uh, in February of this year, uh, which was uh, the second year of of that funding that was provided to to communities. And then based on the the report that was done, um, an anti-racism secretariat was created, a whole strategy around combating systemic racism and religious discrimination uh, was created. uh, And and that work still continues um, as we engage with, uh, with communities, as we try to make sure that there's More and more representation of visible minorities, for example, and Muslim Canadians, including included in in all of those visible minorities uh, on on boards, uh, corporate boards, on public boards, um, on on decision making tables in general, uh, in in all the the federally regulated, at least, um, industries. Um, You know, so. We know that change is, is really slow to to have uh, to have been made or to be made, um, but that work is continuing uh, in fact, this motion uh, and the whole debate around islamophobia um, this has been the first time that it has ever been debated to this length uh, not just in in our parliament but which is the, the highest uh, office in in our country but also all around the country where individual Canadians had that conversation with one another uh, as we try to renegotiate the social contract that we have with one another uh, about uh, our individual rights uh, and and how we work well, how we build bridges between one another and, and really target that unconscious bias, that systemic racism at the grassroots at the individual level. Um, I think, uh, in fact, uh, this motion and then the work on Islamophobia was reported um, as a as a win story uh, for by the United Nations in uh, in combating discrimination across the world. Uh, and uh, the Chatelaine magazine <laughs> had uh, named me as one of the t- top 30 women of the year. Uh, in in that year to because of uh, of raising this issue but it's it 's really not not about me. I think the issue is a a very important one and a very relevant relevant one at this uh, at this time in our lives
0: yeah absolutely and this is definitely a great uh, motion that you helped bring about and as you mentioned change do, does they take time, but definitely this is the step in the right direction absolutely. um um, now, you, you are in the public domain, you are um, um, an MP, and this is a question that I like to ask is, how would you describe the way Canadians um, perceive Islam and Muslims?
1: I think, and, and I, I can say this based on my lived experience through, uh, through Motion 103 and then the whole debate around Islamophobia, I received thousands of emails uh, from Canadians from coast to coast to coast uh, saying how wrong this type of discrimination was um, I I hear in in, in my own community uh, which is a, one of the most diverse communities across the country where 43 different languages are spoken um, you know we, we see uh, you know through Community events, um, just that that level of integration, that level of interest that people have in in understanding and knowing uh, who their neighbors are, etc. Um, but I also think that uh, that there is a a negative connotation that exists around Muslims and Islam, um, and and that is why this motion had become so controversial. Um, I think uh, there's uh, there's a little fear between Canadians. In fact, a Globe and Mail um, survey uh, had shown that uh, the, the the level of negative uh, connotations or feelings that Canadians had towards uh, towards Muslims, without knowing um, the the community itself. Um, I think uh, that the community itself, the Muslim community, has uh, a lot more to do in terms of outreach, in terms of opening our doors, uh, in terms of ensuring that we are very much as part of the community as as anybody else. And we are, uh, you know, and and we've shown this through the the multiple, um, uh, you know, fundraisers we do for local projects or raising money for the hospital or the local food banks, etc., um and I, I think uh that as we continue to do that uh and as we uh work on that systemic uh type of, of unconscious bias and, and racism, we will continue to build bridges between uh between Canadians. Uh, I know that Canadians are just really, really great people. Uh we just need to make sure that everybody is aware uh and everybody is has an understanding of um of respect of differences and have the ability to to use our differences as our strength and and not as our weakness.
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely Um, so this uh, key question that i have is um, about you being um, a female pakistani canadian muslim um, mp Uh, was it challenging to become an mp and is it still challenging to be an mp and what kind of uh, response you received from the public about taking this role, serving in this role, and also uh, regarding the initiatives that he pursued?
1: Um, that's a, a really good question. It's one that I, I still try to to grapple with. Um, I remember, and I, I I do like to talk in stories. I remember. Um, I had just recently been elected for the first time, and I had uh, was attending an event, and uh, two young women came up to me, and they said, "Hey, are you Ikra Khalid?" And I said, "Yes," and uh, and they said, "You you can't understand how much uh, it inspired us to to see you come." And, and to be able to do this as a first generation immigrant, as, as a young person, I was 29 at the time, as, as a young person, as a lawyer, as, as a woman, um, what that means. And I, I think that uh, just being in this position first and foremost is, uh, is encouraging for youth. And that's why I like to spend a lot of time for youth um, to, to, to say and to show that, uh, that if I can do it, anybody can. Um, you know, a lot of parents refer to me as the good, the good news story um, (laughs) within our community. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of kids hate me because they're like, Oh, we'd never live up to you. Um, but, uh, but to, to be serious, um, I, I have faced a lot of challenges. Um, and they're not challenges that I, I have overcome uh, that I, that I am scared of overcoming. And I, I think every challenge, uh. Everybody faces their own different types of challenges uh, as we go through life. Um, my challenges have been uh, you know uh, for example within my within my own community, um, which is very patriarchal and in some senses um, very male dominated in in other senses um, uh, having to build that credibility as as a young woman. Uh, to, to, be, to be able to say that, yes, I, I am a community leader, uh, that I, I do represent all of you in Ottawa, that I, I will continue to raise it and advocate uh, the, the concerns of the community. Um, and just being a, a young Pakistani Canadian uh, Muslim woman, um, I feel that it's not just my own community of Erin Mills that I represent. Uh, it often means that I, I also speak for what is the Pakistani Canadian community. Uh, and sometimes I, I, I do speak for the Muslim Canadian community in terms of the experiences that I have and the expectations that the community has as well um the the flip of it is the the community the, the Pakistani Canadian community here in Mississauga Erin Mills and and across the country uh even though they they hold me to a higher standard I think that really comes out of a lot of love um a lot of pride to say that yes we we are represented um you know and it's 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 just so great um before I was before I was elected you know my my father my three brothers uh, and we have a very close-knit family, and it's been so wonderful to see that family grow and, and expand and, uh, and to just share the, that sense of community and belonging uh, here in, in, in Mississauga. It's, it's been a wonderful experience. And, and like I said, you know, every role, every job, every person has their own individual uh, challenges or their own individual you know, fights or battles to, to overcome. And, and, and I am no different. Uh, I think, you know, I, I've, I've touched the glass ceiling. I hope that the community and I, we can work together to break that glass ceiling and make sure that, that everybody has that equality of opportunity that they deserve here in our, in our country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it's uh, key that you mentioned that when young, Muslim females see this, they might definitely find inspiration and confidence in accomplishing their own uh, professional or personal goals that they might have. Exactly. Uh, And and especially if they want to join the public sector and serve the community, uh, your example might uh, certainly help them. So that's that's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, Now, now uh, we are in this pandemic era things are gradually easing down and now we can move more and more but uh, how, how did the uh, uh, pandemic affect your particular operation or your office and uh, did you receive any specific uh, complaints or concerns from the community regarding the pandemic and how it's being handled
1: um, i think overall the community has been um... I'm very grateful. I think our prime minister has done a wonderful job in making sure that uh, that Canadians are well looked after as we as we ask people to stay home. I think our frontline workers, our essential workers, have really stepped up to the plate and really worked, um, and and have and have shown just how heroic they are in uh, in in the work that they do. My constituency office. Uh, funny story. I was uh, in the middle of a move uh, when everything shut down. I was moving my constituency office from one location to another. Um, and so <clears throat> I was officeless for a little while. Um, but uh, thankfully I, you know, the as the, the renovations and, and the, the fixing up of the, the new constituency office is underway. Uh, my staff work from home. Uh, I work from the, the office whenever I can. Um, the work has uh, has I doubled, if not tripled, uh, in in these past number of uh, of weeks and months. Um, on the day that the pandemic was announced, we had over 350 constituents that were stuck abroad, uh, in 26 different countries, and so the majority of March and April was spent trying to to bring them home, making sure that they had consular services and. And so that meant to, you know, calling people at different time zones. You know, I was on the phone like all day, every day trying to to, to work things out with, with our constituents. Um, you know, there's uh, financial challenges, also small businesses uh, and the supports that we uh, are able to provide them, uh, you know, that those kind of issues come up quite regularly. Uh, immigration is obviously a, a big hot topic uh, always in, in Mississauga, Erin Mills, and we continue to, to work case by case and policy mm-hmm. by policy to make it as, as better for Canadians as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's it's been uh, it's been a very very busy time in uh, in, in Mississauga Erin Mills for myself and my and my team of uh, team of six uh, six staff. We've been working day and night to, to provide the support to to our residents.
0: Well, that's pretty amazing. Um, so the last question that I have is about uh, about um, the Liberal Party. So you are a member of the Liberal Party. Uh, is there anything in particular that um you dislike about the party or you would like to change if you had the power?
1: <laughs> That's a very interesting way of forming that question. Um well <laughs> let
0: me take I know you a have step to be back careful. I know you have to be careful about what you say, so I tried to make the question as nice as it possibly could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um you know i so i I define myself as a liberal um because of the values enshrined in our charter of rights and freedoms the 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 charter is um is a single document that I think keeps Ga- Canada glued together uh, and uh, and and the way that we bring in Uh, our diversity, not just in our ethnic diversity or our our religious diversity, but also the diversity of opinion, um, the the geographical diversity that we have in our country, the the different industries, the different people, uh, the different lived experiences, um, our indigenous communities, First Nations, all of that. I think our charter really brings all of that home uh, and ties us all together in a a good way. Um, I think, uh, as a government and you know with the liberal party and our policies um are are very centric so we're not left we're not right but we we do we're basically in the center to balance the the the, the two uh opposite ends of of how to govern and uh sometimes i i think uh that uh, you know making difficult decisions uh is is not easy. Uh, standing up to public scrutiny is not easy, and I have seen our prime minister stand up time again, time and again, to uh, to do the hard thing um, that happens to be the right thing, but it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, and I think that we should be doing more of that. Uh, I think uh, that leading by example, um, being a voice in human rights uh, as an example, whether it 's within our country or abroad. Uh, I think um, I think we should be doing more of that uh, and in more of of standing true and firm to our convictions and uh, and not being afraid of the scrutiny. Um, Because, you know, ultimately, if we are doing what the majority of Canadians want us to do, if we hold the convictions that the majority of Canadians um, who elected us uh, have the convictions that they hold, um, then we should not be afraid of that public scrutiny because we, we have the public by our side. Um, and I think that the more we do that, um, the, the better we govern, uh, not just as, as liberals, but any, any party um, in, in how we operate, in the decisions that we make. Um, ultimately, we are a government for the people that is by the people. Uh, and, uh, and staying true to the convictions of the people is probably one of the hardest and yet easiest things uh, to do. Uh, and uh, and I hope that we continue to do more of that
0: yeah that's uh, that's certainly true I guess uh, trying to be the balancing force between opposing ends is uh, is a certainly a challenge yeah. and uh, and hopefully hopefully things will become easier um, so now uh, now you're an MP what's your next goal are you planning to be the mayor of mississauga <laughs>
1: I will leave that to the professionals. I think Bonnie Crombie is an excellent mayor uh, in uh, in Mississauga. Exactly what our city needs. Um, I myself, I, I I always say that uh, being a member of Parliament in in my language and in Urdu they say it's it's an amanat. Um, it's not it's not something that I inherently own. Uh, it mm-hmm. is uh, it is an amanat of the people uh, of Mississauga, Erin Mills, and. My, it's it's really not a job. I think I think it is a passion. It's a lifestyle. It's uh, it's a conviction um, that uh, that I that I fulfill, and and I know that with or without the title, uh, I would continue to do it. Um, so my my focus is uh, is has always been since being elected has been equality of opportunity for everyone for every Canadian whether that's tackling um, systemic racism, whether that's combating um, gender-based inequalities that exist in our communities, whether it's um, you know ensuring that uh, vulnerable commu- vulnerable populations uh, are don't become victim to human trafficking or working uh, with, Syri- with with refugees all across the world to ensure that we're looking for long term solutions to to end uh, you know IDPs uh, across the world um, uh, finding diplomatic ways to to encourage other countries across the world to respect human rights uh, to to to, to help them understand that providing equality of opportunity to citizenry um, is really the best way to build up uh, and to strengthen any community in any country. Um, so really that is uh, I think what my life's calling is uh, and I, I will continue to, to advocate for that equality of opportunity for, for everyone, um, whether I'm a member of parliament or I pursue other opportunities
0: all right that's uh, that's pretty amazing um well Ikra, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about you and your background and thank you for uh, sharing your insights and for uh, being on uh, on the DavaNet blog series so thank you so much
1: thank you so much for thank you this is a wonderful initiative I, i'm looking forward to to going on your on your blog post and 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 uh, listening to other community leaders as well uh, you know, obviously, it's it's a, a community effort, and I think the more that we highlight the wonderful work that uh, that our community members do, such as yourself, uh, it's it just it reinforces uh, in a positive way uh, the strength of of the community. So thank you for for this initiative, and thank you for doing that.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, yes, uh, this blog will be hopefully uh, live soon. Uh, hopefully this month, uh, if not this month, then early next month. And I will definitely share the link with you as well. So you can also read uh, the content that we'll be creating. Um, Yeah, thank you again. And for the listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed this particular episode and you find it to be refreshing and insightful. And thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.